Welcome to Bridging the Gap. I'm your host, Marianne Rose. You are about to embark on a relevant and timely journey of thought with registered psychologist, Dr. Cyrus Dirksen. Thank you for tuning in and expect to be enlightened right now. Cyrus, it's great to see you. Hey, Marianne, it's good to see you too. Aren't we happy we get to meet weekly and <laughs> yeah. have these cool conversations? Yeah, they are cool. And it sounds like, from what you said, today's going to be really cool. This is a great conversation. Yeah, crazy about the way things are unraveling in the world. And I feel like it's important to talk about our right to privacy mm. and body autonomy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, privacy is something that's interesting. It's something that we develop fairly early. I have to deal with privacy a lot. I'm a psychologist. I'm constantly keeping confidentiality. And, and it's interesting because if I talk to a six-year-old and then I say to them, you know, I'm going to keep this a secret from your mom, you can tell me. Oftentimes they'll look at me with strange and they'll be like, I am my mom. You know, like basically, like if you tell me, you tell my mom. You, know, you tell my mom, you tell me. They don't really have a sense of that privacy between themselves and their parents. But if I talk to a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old or even a 9-year-old, they'll start to have this sense of my own world, my own space. They'll have diaries and secrets, and they'll start to have their own opinions and beliefs, and that develops. And we respect that because it's a part of our development. So we respect it in ourselves. We want it respected. We can feel that violation of that private space in our mind. So generally speaking, we fight for it for ourselves, and as we develop, we fight for it in others because we understand how that feels when we have that violated. And so this is a whole set of values and laws and different things based in the foundations of human development. Because this is important to people as they grow older, it becomes important in our laws and it becomes important in our customs and how we interact with people and our cultural norms. So yes, this is foundational, biological to how people operate. I also wonder where does privacy apply? Mm. You're talking about a young child who in a moment they can share something that possibly they're in danger. Mm, mm -hmm. And so then for their protection, Mm -hmm. the application of that privacy needs to be explored to share. Definitely. With the authorities. Yeah, we've had three limits of confidentiality for a very long time. Last year, because of the pandemic, it actually got switched to four. So that's going to be in the textbooks one day for psychologists to come. The first one is... If there's a child in danger, people who are vulnerable, basically, adults too, if you're vulnerable, if you can't protect yourself and you tell me about that, I have to break your privacy. I have to tell somebody to protect that person. The second one is if you believe you're going to hurt yourself, kill yourself, kill somebody else. If I believe you're going to kill yourself or somebody else, I have to break confidentiality. And then the third one is if I get subpoenaed by a court, but let me tell you, that's never happened in my career. Like Courts are very respectful of a therapist's confidentiality. And the new one is if I get COVID and you're identified as a contact of mine, then I'd have to let the authorities know who my contacts are so that they can go and tell you, hey, uh, Cyrus got COVID and you need to get tested. So these are pretty extreme. It Mm -hmm. takes quite a bit to get to the point where I would break confidentiality legally, like uh, lawyers go even further than a psychologist does. It's probably the only profession that does go further. Maybe clergy, I'm not sure. I don't know exactly. But there are these certain professions that are very careful with secrets. But even there, there is eventually a time when life is at stake where things are a bit more important than privacy. But it's amazing how high the stakes have to get. That's how important privacy is to people. 
that's how I feel about it personally as well. This is why I wanted to explore this. And then is there a circumstance it doesn't apply? Mm. No matter what, this is your privacy. Mm-hmm period Mm -hmm. and it doesn't get to be anyone else's and I think that that's also very personal Mm -hmm. right so this is your story Mm -hmm. your right to not open up Mm -hmm. intimate details Mm -hmm. about your life and Mm -hmm. things that are good or bad about Mm -hmm. it it's Mm -hmm. completely up to you you can be an open person Mm -hmm. or you can be a private person that's awesome that's what the world is made up of Mm -hmm. people who talk and people who don't (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a it's an incredible thing to be given the right to pry into somebody's privacy, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to get personal information, be able to get banking information, be able to get legal records, to be able to get health information. You know, like these are all very private things mm-hmm. and they're generally treated extremely carefully and, and the breaking of them leads to huge legal consequences mm-hmm. and traumatic symptoms for people if they're violated and feelings of insecurity. People come in for traumatic symptoms because somebody has broken into their home, that invasion of their privacy, their personal space. It's extremely important for our mental health to have that. It is. It's important. It's valuable. And I want to raise awareness in this conversation that it's something to protect and to feel that you have the right Mm. to protect your privacy as a safety. And the way we share sometimes we just blow it. Like something about, oh, I just told a story about a part of my past that's way past (laughs) and it doesn't have anything to do with my Mm -hmm. state I'm in. So I don't want to open up everything in there. I want Mm, just my mm, tongue moved faster. (laughs) I guess what I'm saying in that is there's a freedom Mm -hmm. and then there's a cost. Yes. Yeah, it's risky. (laughs) It's risky to give your information away because it can be used against you. And we have to be very careful when we're giving away information. And oftentimes people do get violated, you know, when they're in abusive relationships, let's say, for example. I'll see it where people will give away information to their person who's abusing them. And that information is then circulated around and used against them, sometimes quite quickly and viciously. So that trust is very precious. Mm -hmm. And in order to build trust, in order to have trust in people and governments and religious institutions and families and extended families like it's important to respect privacy in order to have that trust otherwise you are going to develop a traumatized anxious community people who don't feel safe and when people don't feel safe there's all kinds of consequences you can't function well but i mean we don't have to talk about productivity and money to have a value on health i mean people don't feel good and that should be enough it's like we're looking to have a happy healthy community a contented fulfilled group of people in canada who love canada and privacy is a big part of that it is i'm thinking about even when a person is in trouble with the law and the police officer who is putting them under arrest must say by law, you have the right to remain silent. Mm-hmm. Anything you say can be held against you. Mm-hmm. And I heard somebody also say, you have the right to remain silent, not in a legal situation. Anything you say will be misunderstood <laughs> and used against you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there may be some truth there. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, But, you know, one of the most challenging things when this really gets tested, it's not when you have a secret. That's not when really this gets tested. It gets tested when you come across information 
that you disagree with, that somebody else's information. And when you have a power over somebody else and they're making a decision that you disagree with, that's when all of this respect for a person's dignity to make a decision, respect for their own life choices, respect for privacy, that's when all of this gets challenged. It's not necessarily when you have the secret and you're wanting to do what you want to do. It's when somebody has more authority over you, like a police officer or a judge or your boss, when somebody has authority over you and they have some information and they disagree with you and they want to enforce, they want to enforce their value, they want to enforce their decision, that's when this idea of respect, this idea of privacy, of dignity of choice, that's when all of this gets tested. It's tested and so you have the ability to refuse. Mm -hmm. You can refuse based on your sense of autonomy. Mm -hmm. You can also lose your job mm -hmm. yes. because you refused. Yes. And so there's a cost. There is a cost, yeah. There is this privacy, but sometimes certain privileges do come along with giving information. So for example, if I went to social services and I said, I want you to give me, let's say, I don't know, hundreds of dollars every month, I don't know how much, because I don't have an income and I need the security net, so you know, give me this money. And they said, okay, but we want to know how much you make. And I said, no, I'm not going to tell you how much I make, just give me the money. But we want to check your bank account. No, you can't check my bank account. I don't think they're going to give me the money. And so this privilege of receiving the service does come along with a requirement of giving up information to prove that I'm telling the truth, that I don't have any money and I don't have to do that, but then I don't get the money. So it's a tricky thing, you know, when the rights and privileges coincide. And so there's this gray that can sometimes happen around privacy. Because like you said, it's like, well, I, I want to keep my secret. Well, if you keep your secret, you can't come. You know, you can't do this or you can't do that. If you don't tell us where you worked before, if you don't tell us what your skill set is, I don't know what job to give you. I can't give you a job because I don't know if you know how to type or not. Like, you have to tell me these things. It might seem really weird to think that you would keep it a secret that whether you can type or not, but that's what we're talking about. If you don't tell people who you are, you can't get a job in those very basic ways. But then how far does that go? Right. How far does that go? So we have this collision of like, I want my privacy, but I want these privileges, and I have to tell people certain things to get certain things, and then what is appropriate, what is too private, what is necessary and valid, yeah. And I'd love to be able to explore what is necessary and valid. Just test it a little bit. When we get back from our break. about our right to privacy and body autonomy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't need to tell anybody what's on my driver's license, whether or not I'm going to donate an organ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They'll see that in the hospital, mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah. Hopefully that's, I guess, the last place. Where Where do some people go? That's usually it, right? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like There's things that people don't need to know yeah. and that we don't have to share. Yeah. I think that's a very open thing. I guess I'm curious about our legal rights mm. and how things have happened in the world. Like if we look at the 17th century, mm. maybe I've got my years wrong, but Galileo, he had challenged the religious mm -hmm. church at the time, had their authority on how the solar system operated. Mm -hmm. And so he ended up saying that the earth and planets revolve around the sun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they ended up being so angry and furious that mm -hmm. they put him under house arrest, mm -hmm. not being allowed to share his theories mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. until he died. 
significant reaction (laughs) to that challenge. Definitely. And I'm bringing it up because it's interesting, related to what you know for sure Mm -hmm. can be held against you. And this applies in the world of science, because Mm -hmm. you can know for sure Mm -hmm. what you have in front of you is evidence. You have Mm -hmm. done all the tests to come out Mm -hmm. with your evidence, Mm -hmm. and then someone else has done a different test Mm -hmm. and challenged your evidence. Mm -hmm. So what you have Mm -hmm. isn't Mm -hmm. necessarily... (laughs) It's not necessarily what you think you have, right? yeah. We often talk about science as being an authority. We talk about science as being something that gives us security in our knowledge, something that gives us facts, things that don't change. And I find that very interesting because as I've gone through school and and done scientific experiments and learned about scientific theories and how scientific method and all of that works, none of that's actually in science. If you actually listen to what science has to say, if you believe in science, let's say, you really wouldn't be talking all that often about facts, and you wouldn't be talking with all of this certainty about things, because science, at the foundation of science, is this idea of skepticism, and this idea of theory, and being very careful about talking about facts. Normally, it's just talked about as an observation, even with the knowledge that observations can be difficult to confirm and repeat. And so, this idea that we would say, I agree with science, or I believe in science, and so I know this to be certain is like, well, then you don't believe in science because science is typically talking about theory. And if you look at the definition of theory and the definition of faith, it's pretty similar, like it's a belief. Mm -hmm. I believe, I'm guessing, I think this is true based on what I've seen, based on my observations, I believe this. And I might believe something different if I collect more observations and my theory gets challenged. And so science is always changing. And I like science. I like the idea of looking at a table and saying, hmm, I see something flat. Yeah, okay. Basically, that's what science is. I think that's flat. Go and feel it. Yeah, it's flat. It's a flat table. We do that all the time. It's based on how our brains work. We go, we observe things, and we develop a belief. But it's not something that's certain. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we have to be careful when we talk about science, you know, without skepticism, because that's not what it's meant for. I believe the science. (laughs) And I would challenge that, right? Mm -hmm. Question everything, Mm -hmm. I think, is a really valuable way to go about your day. And even just in a small, basic example that doesn't relate to science, maybe it's probably all science. (laughs) (laughs) But okay, so somebody sends an article, Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, okay, is that article credible? Mm -hmm. And I want to know if there's credibility to that. Mm -hmm. So I go and I check and I find out, oh, no, actually that's got this controversy on it. There are seven sides Mm. (laughs) and so many different opinions on it. It's like, okay, well, where do I now narrow this down for myself? Do I really want to spend the time narrowing Mm. it down? And maybe not every topic is important to me. So, okay, no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not going to form an opinion on that at this time. It's too crazy. But I remember hearing this story about a woman who had lied about being a Holocaust survivor. Mm. Her lie was so detailed mm-hmm. that she ended up being able to deceive many people mm. mm-hmm. in great lengths. Mm-hmm. And then someone who held part of the investigation on her life because there was questions. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, is she credible? Mm-hmm. Became a question along mm. the way because there was some strange little mm-hmm. red flags mm-hmm. that some people felt most people 
blindly believed this mm-hmm, woman's story mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and were amazed by who she was but some people were like this is a little weird mm-hmm. what if I look into this a little bit oh okay wait a second that doesn't seem credible so it ended up that this woman was never a holocaust survivor but one of the women who was looking after some of the details and going into the actual old articles and mm-hmm. uh, records and like the original material yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so she had gone in there and really went through the work and she herself was a holocaust survivor and her words about this situation first of all she was hurt Mm. that something that was so painful and real Mm -hmm. in her life and her own Mm -hmm. story somebody else was using it to be manipulative and she says it's human to believe Mm. credibility is something else it's your need to question things are not Mm -hmm. that will help you discern what's true Mm -hmm. and what's not true your need to question things Mm -hmm. are not Mm -hmm. I think that is a need. I think we Mm -hmm. need to. Mm -hmm. That's called discernment. Yeah. And wisdom Mm -hmm. would lead you. Yeah. That's that healthy skepticism, that healthy ability to question what your perspective is. If you have a strong opinion, it's like, I believe this. And then it's healthy. I would even say humble to be able to question that and say, well, let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. Let's go through this carefully. And unfortunately, when you're in the majority... Like, if you've got the opinion of the majority, it's actually very difficult to identify things like discrimination. It's hard to identify prejudice in the majority, Mm -hmm. to understand what the minority is actually experiencing. It's just like, well, we're right. Mm -hmm. Like, this is correct. We're just enforcing what's good. And so it becomes a very, very significant responsibility, I would say, obligation of the majority to be very careful with people who they would consider wrong. And they may even be wrong. I'm not saying that they're right. The majority could be right. It often is. But you have to be very careful how the majority treats or how the correct person treats the person who's incorrect. Because first of all, they may not be incorrect. And second of all, even if they're incorrect, there's coming a day when you will be incorrect. Yes. And how do you want to be treated? How do you want to be treated when you're incorrect? Mm-hmm. When you're on the wrong side of what's really going on? Mm-hmm. Because there's this respect that needs to happen. So when we start enforcing things, when we start having control, we need to do that extremely carefully in order to maintain trust, in order to maintain trust in a society, trust in a community. Because it's like, well, if I'm wrong, apparently this is what happens to me. And we're all wrong at some point. And that's very unsafe. It is. I love that. That actually creates more of an openness and it creates more of a trust to be gentle Mm. with people Mm -hmm. that are different than you. We often talk about that on Mm -hmm. Bridging the Gap. Mm -hmm. Even we've talked about looking for opposing Mm. arguments, being open to seeing what the other side Mm -hmm. is saying and thinking, and critical thinking Mm -hmm. (laughs) is part of and should be part of our daily discovery of life and what's before us, even if, say, the herd is wrong. The herd, Mm. the mass that they are headed towards a cliff. Mm-hmm. If we actually had a herd mm. of cows, for example, that there's a shepherd that's responsible mm. for their safety and part of their grazing takes mm-hmm. place on a mountainside mm-hmm. that suddenly something spooks them and they all get into a run, mm-hmm. but there's a cliff nearby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very dangerous. <laughs> 
it's the shepherd's responsibility to know how mm -hmm. far away they are from that cliff to start off with yep. so that they can catch that kind of a thing and then get in front of it to steer them mm. that can happen quite a distance away and then they are gradually led away from being thrown off yeah the cliff i would say that if you look at yourself as mm -hmm. a shepherd in that way mm -hmm. to be able to recognize that something is wrong that there could be trouble ahead and if you can see that ahead of time awesome yeah i think that that's where this critical thinking and questioning everything yeah being able to see these things in advance and being able to be gentle. Like if you have to do things suddenly, it can be very jarring or unable, just run off the cliff. So to be able to catch these things in advance, to be able to see where this is going, because even if things are okay right now, it's like, hey, we're just running on the grass, running away from something scary. You don't know where the cliff is. So it is important to, for example, in this conversation, it's like, hey, everything might be fine right now. Maybe everybody's doing everything right, right now, but we're heading towards something dangerous. We're heading towards something like for privacy, for example. We're heading towards a place where people don't have privacy anymore, where it's gone too far. And we need to all think about this because we don't often have to. We don't often have to think about our privacy because our society is set up and things are pretty good and maybe there's some minor things happening here or there, but it's primarily all been thought through. But when you're running on a hill, you're going fast and into a new place, all of a sudden you can go too far mm -hmm. and people can get really hurt. So yeah, we need to be very careful about some of these things that maybe don't seem important right now, like privacy. It might not seem important right now to talk about privacy, but there's huge consequences yes. for people. Huge feelings of betrayal, huge feelings of mental health things, but it's invisible and that's what's sad about it. These injuries that would happen with privacy usually start in invisible way, just kind of feelings of betrayal, feelings of personal violation. I mean, it can become visible when the anger comes out and potentially violence in some situations, but if we can see that in advance, hopefully we can balance the different values and know a path that's going to get you down that hill in a safe way. Yes. <laughs> oh, how important. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for this time. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Marianne. Well, that was an honor to get to spend that time with you. Appreciate you tuning in. Please check out more of Dr. Cyrus at maplecrestchurch.ca and at drcyrusdirksen.com. Thanks again and tune in next time for Bridging the Gap. I'm Marianne Rose. Hey, it's only hope.